AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. You know, that was a tough way to start the new year for all of the ag markets. There was red across the screen and several settlements near session lows. Does that set the tone for the year? Eh, it seems a little premature to make that prediction. Let's wait and get the outlook for the year ahead from a new voice on Agritalk. Live from 2023 via Farm Journal broadcast. This is Agritalk this afternoon. It's a conversation with Mike Miner from Professional Ag Marketing right after the news. Varsity Joe Vaklovic from Standard Grain. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Chip Laurie. All right, Davis. Thank you very much. Here we are, huh? Off and running in 2023. We're really doing it, buddy. We got it. We're gonna. It's happening. It's happening. Yeah. It it wasn't the most enjoyable day of trade. If you uh, are on the long side of the market or looking for higher prices, Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, but here we are. This. The, the the way that we started off today, you know, it, it wasn't just the fact that we were lower and then continued to grind lower. We try th- those markets tried to rally, the ag markets did, uh, and failed. And when you throw that into the mix of everything, I don't know. We'll talk to Joe Vaklovic about that coming up here in just a little bit and and uh, uh, see what he makes of that for you know first day of trade here in 2023. And, mm-hmm. as I said, a new voice right here on AgriTalk, Mike yeah. Miner. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to know Mike here a little bit and uh, find out about professional ag marketing, who they are, where they are. And, and mm-hmm. I noticed they've got a, an office not too far from where I grew up. Oh, down is that in right? Eastern Iowa. Yeah. No kidding. All yeah, right. So we'll, we'll chat with them about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weather is straightening out a little bit. It's still gloomy as heck out there. Is it? But it, at least it's not raining like it was earlier today. Wow. I, it rained hard for a while. And uh, even even made the old dry run to the west of the, the bunker mm-hmm. come up and fill up a little bit this morning. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. A little water in Dead Man's Gulch, huh? You got to like that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, buddy, let's get to it. What do we got in the news? Well, Chip, wheat export inspections in the weekend of December 29 were pathetic. Just 86,000 metric tons. That didn't do anything to support wheat futures. Traders continue to account for increasing availability of Russian wheat, although drought in the U.S. central and southern plains has helped the market grind higher from the early December low. March soft red winter wheat futures opened lower and tried to turn to the upside before setting back to close near session lows. Front month SRW has become tethered to the 775 level with support at 750. And resistance at eight bucks. March hard red winter wheat futures eighteen and three quarter cents lower, eight sixty nine and one quarter. March soft red wheat down sixteen and one half, seven seventy five and one half. March spring wheat closed at nine nineteen, down nineteen and one half cents. Chip right in the middle of that range in the March SRW contract, and and it's not just psychological seven fifty and eight seven fifty support eight dollar resistance. There's chart points in there 
that are reinforcing the boundaries of that, that sideways trading range. The U.S. dollar index pushed more than 1,000 points higher in overnight trade, putting U.S. ag commodities on the defensive from the opening bell. Argentina also saw much-needed rains over the weekend, and that provided some relief, but Argentina and far southern Brazil are expected to remain mostly hot and dry. Traders also noted Brazilian corn shipments in December totaled 6.41 million metric tons, up 3 million metric tons from December 2021. Corn export inspections in the weekend of December 29 totaled 667,000 metric tons. That was at the low end of trade expectations. March corn opened lower, then tried to rally before falling back to test support at last week's low. March corn futures eight cents lower, 670 and one half. May corn down seven and three quarter cents, 670 and one quarter. July corn futures closed at 664 and three quarters, down seven cents, Chip. Yeah, we'll check with Joe Vaklovic what that failed attempt to move to the upside might mean for the market going forward. Soybean export inspections in the final week of 2022 of 1.46 million metric tons fell short of trade expectations and added pressure to today's bean trade. The forecast for most of Brazil to see mostly favorable weather over the next two weeks chased much of the buying interest out of the bean market. The inability of bean meal prices to move to recover from last week's price losses also anchored bean prices march bean futures opened steady and traded above 1525 for a second consecutive session before collapsing to close under 15 bucks still bean prices are in an uptrend drawn off the july and mid-october price lows march beans 31 and three quarter cents lower 1492 and a quarter may beans down 31 to 1499 july soybeans closed at 1502 and three quarters down 30 and one half cents down go the soybeans chip yeah and the and, and the product soybean meal march meal down 590 and march soybean oil off 87 points today march cotton opened nearly steady then rallied more than 250 points to post the day's high then gave it all back to close below the opening range march cotton 23 points lower 8314 livestocks the risk off attitude in the commodity world weighed on the cattle complex February cattle a buck five lower one fifty six eighty five. April fed cattle down ninety two and a half one sixty eighty seven and one half. March feeder futures off a buck forty five one eighty four seventy seven and one half. How about the snout side where last week's sell off in front month hogs accelerated with the start of the new year? Febline hogs fell through support of the D's twenty two low, dropped to support at eighty five even. Feb hogs two sixty two and one half lower eighty five oh seven and one half. April down a buck and a half, 93.80, champ. All right, Davis, thank you very much. Let's bring in Joe Vaklovic, Standard Grain. Joe, happy new year, buddy. How are you? Do we have Joe? We do. We're just not hearing his voice, huh? We're not hearing him. No, no. It it was, we're not hearing him. I can hear you guys now. now. I'm, I'm there here he now. is. Can you hear me? Hey, there What's you up? are, Joe. How you doing, man? Happy New Year. I'm I'm good. Happy New Year. All right. So, markets opened a little lower today. They tried to rally at some point, turned slightly higher, and then failed with those session lows and closes. It doesn't. It's a little concerning for the rest of the week, isn't it? Yeah, it's not really a great start to the new year. I think there were some economic concerns today. Uh, crude oil is down like three bucks. Um, there's a lot more recession talk out there. The dollar was sharply higher. 
Um, I don't know what the market thinks about the Argentina situation. They did catch some rains and, and really some pretty widespread rains over the weekend in a lot of areas that needed them. But at the same time, the forecast is hot and dry for at least a week, maybe a little bit of a relief in, in the extended forecast. Maybe we were just due for a correction. I don't know that we did a ton of technical damage here necessarily, but you know right. that was a pretty sharp rally and then a, a, a correction in the bean market. Yeah. Yeah, and and like you said, it, it it doesn't look devastating on the charts. It's just the tone that it sets for the rest of the week. Um, big move to the upside in the dollar. Did that have anything to do with it? Uh, some people will make that argument. I don't know if we're going to get back to maybe a normal type relationship uh, with the dollar and, and commodity markets. Now that the Fed, I, I think the Fed is going to kind of ease the pace of these rate hikes. Like it may only be a quarter point in February, uh, might be a quarter point after that, and then it might be done for a while. So you could return return to a more normal normal relationship between the dollar and commodities, which I guess uh, is something you're going to see eventually. Gotcha. All right, good stuff. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Yeah, see you too. Bye. All right, that's Joe Vaklovic, Standard Grain. We've got Mike Miner, Professional Egg Marketing, up next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. We've cleared the schedule for you. Give us a call at 855-482-5524 and join the conversation. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you are with us here for uh, first trading day of 2023. And with the first trading day, we're going to bring in a new voice to AgriTalk, Mike Miner. From Professional Ag Marketing joins us right now. Mike, welcome to AgriTalk. Are you there, Mike? Yep, I got you. How's it going, Chip? Doing real well, real well. How are you doing, buddy? I'll tell you what. You know, this morning in the in the podcast, you talked about some of the extreme weather going around in the world. And I'll <laughs> tell you what, I'm in Sioux Falls right now, Chip. Oh, you're kind of in the yeah. middle of it all, aren't you? Yeah, you see the lightning to the south. I've been getting pounded with snow for about 24 hours here. We between about a foot and a foot and a half of snow today. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. abnormal for us. It, it, well, yeah, in one shot, it's absolutely yeah. not normal. And and that extends over into Minnesota quite a ways. They picked up in some places like two foot of snow. Exactly. So it, yeah. it's uh, tough conditions out there. It's eased up a little bit now, but... 
it's a few too many months late. Let's just put it that way, or a few yeah. too many months early. Early. <laughs> yeah, I know. We had that that rain was falling here today, and I mean, I'd like to be putting it in the ground, and there's no way that the rain that we got today is going to is going to be around in the spring for us. There's no question about it. it. Filled up the creek pretty quick and sent things away. So it's uh, a little disappointing. So, Mike, first time on, tell us about professional ag marketing. Yeah, so we're based out of Laverne, Minnesota, and uh, we're a risk management company that specializes in just helping uh, farmers make risk management decisions, whether it's crop insurance or uh, brokerage. Uh, you know, we, we really help, uh, try to create a, a relationship with our farmers and, uh, just work through everyday problems with them. And they're some of the biggest decisions on their farms. Okay. Now I, I understand that you don't have to be right next door to, to, you know, work with farmers from around the country, but you've got offices in other locations, right? Yeah, we've got uh, offices in Sheldon as well, and then uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa as well, Mechanicsville there. And we've all got a little bit of skin in the game as well. We uh, we got some grain operations and hog operations as well. So, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I didn't grow up too far away from uh, Mechanicsville. I saw that on your list. I was like, wow, Mechanicsville has a has a has an office for you guys. That's very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, Today in the grain markets and the soy complex in particular here, Mike, was it was it a South American trade today? A little bit here, but I think there is some other stuff going on as well, because honestly, when we opened up right off the bat, it was quiet. I was surprised to see us down a penny right off the bat. I was like coming out of a big weekend here. I was expecting uh, a home run either way, right? Uh, we've got a long weekend at a key weather time frame for Argentina. I was thinking either they got rain or they didn't. Um, and it was going to be a huge reaction right away. And it really grinded its way into the market today. And that's why I think when you look at some of the other outside markets with crude oil being down three bucks today and some of the other big macro news, I think that had more to tell. Yeah. And the dollar up a thousand points. It just put everybody on the yeah. defensive to start the new year, right? It totally did, especially yeah. after last week. I mean, when I look at fund activity here, I think you're going to see some really interesting trade with money flow. You saw 50,000 contracts of corn come into that market last week on managed money, and that's a really big week. Mm -hmm. So the the trade flow and the money flow in the marketplace right now, they, when you say they came into the market, 50,000 into the market, that was on the long side of the market? Yes. Uh, wow. on the uh, Yeah. So when you're talking about uh, corn managed money here, I mean, we had a pretty good rally there last week and mm -hmm. um, we saw some longs come back into the market that had kind of left there in uh, the beginning of the December uh, month there. We saw 70,000 exit in one week time frame. And I think that kind of sets us up here well, because when I start to recap back 22 and see what money flow did, you know, we saw so much money come into the commodity markets in early 22. And then we had an inflation hedge and then the, the interest rates started to go up. It got really expensive to be long commodities. They started to tame inflation a little bit. We started to fix that problem. Then it took a risk off towards the middle of the year. And now we got it fired up a little bit more with some Argentina weather problems here. But at the same time, yeah, we, we're creating other opportunities, I think, to push some money back into these commodity markets over the next couple of months. So the the influence of the Fed 
on the ag markets that we saw in 2022. Do we is do we just feel a hangover from that in 2023, or is there a whole new round of of that negative influence? I'd be surprised. I kind of want to see the U.S. dollar continue lower here. I think we could get a little bit more competitive on some export values, especially as we start to see uh, some of the competing exporters run out of uh, grains to be competitive with us. So I think the Federal Reserve, they ramped up really hard, really fast last year compared to normal. And I really see them trying to back off pretty, uh, pretty well here into this next year. They got inflation tamed. And I think that could allow some money flow back into these commodities and other investments. Okay. I don't think it's going to be that bad in 23 compared to what some people have uh, in okay. plans anyways. Okay. So is that the biggest lesson that you learned from 2022 is, you know, watching the Fed? And, and was that the biggest influence that you feel like we saw? I still think that inflation overall was the biggest okay. influence we saw and then the Fed trying to combat it really quickly. And I think that influenced money flow. But at the yeah. same time, I mean, we had crop disasters all over the United States and in South America, Ukraine, the situation going on over there, which is the easy answer. So uh, I think looking back on 22, there was a bundle full of different things. And a few of those are kind of carrying over into 23 that I think we'll have to watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the inflation fight was uh, pro farmers' story of the year this year too. So, yeah, um, yeah I think that uh, that that's an interesting way of looking at what what is going on in these markets. Uh, back to South America here for a little bit because we yeah. only talked about Argentina. Is Brazil an offset? If we're losing a bushel out of Argentina, are we picking it up in Brazil? I think so. You're looking at uh, in an area in Brazil there where we're adding for four uh, percent of uh, additional acres every single year here, going back to 2020, even beyond. I mean, over the last 10 years, they've added over 40 percent of the acres. And uh, this year they're looking at record yields and a record production there. Uh, things look really good. I know they started to talk about some problems in, in uh, Brazil there a little bit now in the south, but Overall, it's still an extraordinary crop in Brazil that's going to try to offset some of those Argentina problems. Yeah, we had Kevin Marcus on the the AM hour of AgriTalk today, uh, Marcus Weather Consulting, and he says, yeah, you know, some stress is going to continue in Argentina, maybe Rio Grande do Sol, but boy, it really looks good when you get into the northern. And he, he yeah. said, you, you, you may see a 10% yield reduction, something like that in Rio Grande do Sul, but the rest of the country might make up for that with 10% increases. And so things are looking exactly. pretty good there. And the Argentina, the-, the Argentina side's hard because I think when you develop a problem there, it's really hard to fix it. You know, we have such forgiving soil here. And they, yeah. they really do not down there. So I, I think that's a key here that once they get behind the eight ball, it's tough to to really put that in the rearview mirror like we could here. So I think you're going to be talking about South America weather all the way through Feb, unlike some years. All right. All right. Got a couple of minutes left in this segment, and I want to start the, talk, the uh, conversation about the year ahead. Yeah. What are we going to see for the acreage mix between corn and soybeans uh, here in the States? Awesome. So corn right now is winning the battle and you can go out and you can talk to a lot of seed dealers across the country and they have a a higher increased book for corn planting for this next year. 
Last year, there was a lot of rootworm problems and a lot of disease problems. They're heavily influenced to make a switch to soybeans. This next year, I think you're going to see more corn acres put back into the rotation and it favors us from a, from a profitability standpoint for a lot of farmers too. So acreage wise, I would not be surprised if we tried to plant 94 million plus acres of corn and really try to start building ending stocks for the first time in a handful of years now. Wow, 94, that would make it tough to get enough bean acres for the year ahead, wouldn't it? It will. Yeah, I think you shoot for it originally. And then uh, depending on what the weather situation brings us, obviously, going forward, yep. then uh, we'll find some more soybean acres. But it's going to be a battle going forward. I just, uh, I, I people like to plant corn chip. Yeah, yep. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I just wonder if, if producers with the new crush capacity that's coming online in the next couple of years, not... It, there's some yeah. additional capacity coming on for the 23 crop, but there's even more for that 24 crop, and we're going to need to need those bean acres to feed into it. So we'll talk about that a little bit more when we come back. We're in the conversation right now with Mike Miner, professional ag marketing right here on AgriTalk. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get uh, the rest of Mike's outlook for the year ahead. Talk some cattle and hogs too, right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Argentina received some much-needed rainfall during the holiday weekend, but... The forecast calls for mostly dry and hot weather over the next 10 days. Ukraine exported 29.8% uh, less than the same period last year in the first half of 22-23. That total included corn, wheat, and barley. The Indian government is considering selling wheat in the open market to control food inflation. The 118th session of Congress begins today, well, mostly, sort of. Britain, France, Israel, South Korea, and Spain joined the growing list of countries restricting travelers from China, with some demanding proof of vaccination and others negative COVID-19 test results. And packers were more aggressive than expected with cash cattle prices last week. News of note is taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. AgriTalk. 
Welcome back to Agri Talk. I'm Chip. We are in the middle of a conversation with Mike Miner from Professional Ag Marketing in Davis. Yes. Um, candidate McCarthy for the Speaker's position at, in the in the House of Representatives. This sounds like breaking news. It feels a little like breaking news. Failed on his second ballot. On the second ballot. On the second ballot. Failed on the first, failed on the second, and I'm not exactly sure where they go from here. Uh, he, but he's he is well short, and there were Republicans that cast vote for 19 others, uh, other than uh, Jeffries uh, from the Democratic side wow. or from McCarthy. So they're going to have to get this figured out um, yeah. because – I, pretty soon, the odds are the odds are going to start to favor uh, the election of one Mister Davis Michelson to hey. be the Speaker of the House of Representatives. I'll do it. Which, I'll do it for America. I'll do it. <laughs> which could happen. All right. I'm down. Uh, sure. Before, ah. Yeah. Before we get back to Mike, <laughs> let's go ahead and recap where the markets close. Chip March hard red winter wheat futures were eighteen and three quarter cents lower at eight sixty nine and one quarter. March soft red wheat down 16 and one half, 775 and one half. March corn futures eight cents lower, 670 and one half. July corn futures closed at 664 and three quarters, down seven cents. March soybeans 31 and three quarter cents lower, 1492 and a quarter. July closed at 1502 and three quarters, down 30 and one half cents. March cotton was 23 points lower, 8314. February fat cattle a buck five lower, one fifty six eighty five. March feeders down a buck forty five, one eighty four seventy seven and one half. And on the snout side, February lean hogs two sixty two and a half lower at eighty five oh seven and one half. And I would just, I would point out, Chip, uh, we, I'm looking at the WTI crude oil futures down more than three bucks. Uh, yeah. The February now at seventy seven ten, out to the May at seventy seven forty seven, down two ninety eight on the day. Right, right. Yeah, some heavy pressure on the crude oil market, uh, for sure, for sure. Okay, let's bring him back in here. Uh, we've got Mike Miner, Professional Ag Marketing, as our guest analyst today. Uh, Mike, we talked a little bit about your, your acreage expectations and how it might set up some for some kind of a battle in the northwest production areas, maybe not in, for, in 23, but as, as we continue to look forward, those – Northwest Corn Belt producers, they're going to have to ramp up for more beans, aren't they? The demand's been there, and uh, it looks like the shift, I mean, production for some of those plants is getting pushed back a little bit, obviously, because of the logistical issues with construction. So it's going to be a lot in 24 and 25 going forward, but it looks like the demand is there, and the outlook looks really friendly for soybeans going forward in the future. And uh, where we'll see that come out of, uh, that's going to be the big question. Okay. So here we are. We've got December corn at 607. Uh, we've got November soybeans that uh, today closed around 14 bucks. What do you do with 605 December corn and, and, and $14 November beans? Is, is that kind of on you know, in line with what you're expecting from these markets this year? I am. So, I mean, if I look forward and say that we're going to try to uh, get a huge increase on these prices going into spring, it's going to be volatile. 
But at these prices here, I think they're pretty well supported until we start to build ending stocks. Okay. And when when I look forward at, you know, February, we're going to build a little bit of a short through crop insurance. Last year, we averaged a 590 price on corn. We're sitting about 606 here. So maybe a little increase year over year. And that's going to get us pretty good floor on crop insurance. But volatility wise, when I start to look at some strategies, you know, of owning a put or selling a call over top, trying to mix in some of these windows or trying to uh, establish some of these option strategies with a crop insurance program, I, I really like to uh, try to work through some of those and leave some flexibility rather than just taking a, a straight stab at a futures price today, especially on the corn markets. Okay. When you mention crop insurance, it makes me wonder how many guys do you think are using crop insurance as a risk risk um, management tool as they should be, or are they are they falling short on how they should be using it? Not enough, and especially in years like this, because we're actually going to get a pretty decent floor, and they're going to make you pay for it. Premiums are going to be substantially higher this year again, with volatility being where it's at. And when when I compare buying a put to something like crop insurance, I mean, you're going to be spending 50 plus dollars for a lot of producers on crop insurance. That's a lot of option premium. So to really try to go out there and say, well, I'm just going to buy puts and I'm going to and load up on crop insurance this year, you could be putting a lot of coin down to, to do those two things in tandem with one another. So I'll try to keep my options costs low if I try to keep the the crop insurance premium high anyways. Okay. Or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, we can't hold these markets steady all year long. And plus, no. what, what, when you do, what, when you put your assessment on the, on the just call it six and 14 and the new crop contracts, you said that those levels will bring us some support. But that, that suggests to me that there is room for a weather market. Maybe we should be anticipating something like that. Until we build ending stocks here and really yeah. have a handle on the U.S. weather, yeah, we have uh, we have plenty of uh, room for a weather market going forward here. I mean, uh, when I look at our stocks to use ratio going from this year into next, I'm curious yeah. what the Jan 12th report will bring us. Uh, we're pretty much right where we should be on corn today, to be completely honest with stocks okay. to use ratio. Okay. Um, yeah. Very good. What do you see from that January 12 grain stocks report in particular? Because it, 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 I would like to think that we're going to find out that, whoa, corn's leaving the country quicker than what we thought it was. But it, it just doesn't. Yeah. It normally doesn't work out that way. No, not quite. The demand's been struggling. And I'm yeah. I'm not looking for anything too optimistic out of demand in the near term here. Uh, it'll be a big question mark of production for both the the mainly Argentina and Brazil, what they decide to do with those numbers, which it's still early there, right? But at some point here, they're going to have to move the needle for Argentina. So I think that's a really big question mark. And then obviously for the United States, what demand's looking like on the corn side. And uh, I think for the most part here, the the lowest yield on corn seems like it's been plugged in for the United States for last year's okay. crop. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Let's jump over to the livestock trade here, Mike. Um, supply is going to be the big story. Is, is is that your take? 
Yeah. Catalytic's got to be supply. You have a really high, about a 93% correlation between supply on cattle and uh, the price. So I'm going to follow that quite nicely. I, I think a lot of people here this next year are going to focus heavily on demand, which that could be your big black swan on cattle, right? But when I look at supplies, uh, you know, down 3% from a year ago for this first half of 23 um, it's going to look a little friendly. But the second half, when I start to look out further, I mean, October futures are $25 higher than past October here. So it, the board already has a lot of premium built into yeah. it already, Chip, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And and the that's the only reason that I would consider some kind of a, a, a risk management maneuver to to protect against a, a price setback. But the problem here, Mike, is that I, I don't think I want to lock in the price. I just want it's to make tough. sure that if the market falls apart on us, that, that, that you do get today's price. And I think that's why more crushers have moved towards an option-based strategy or just straight up puts rather than uh, just taking your X amount of percentage and selling it at the board. So that's leaving them with a little bit more flexibility. And you know how bullish cattle feeders can be. So yeah. they kind of like to yeah. be a little bit more friendly. Yep. You know, we went through some predictions uh, last, well, on Monday from some of the the regular analysts here on the show. Um and three of them came with with the prediction that we're going to see record high cattle prices in 2023. It, it that makes sense to me, but I don't think that's going to be the cycle high. What's your thoughts? It seems too easy. I know that yeah. we've got a really good start to 2023 here, but there are a few things holding money back today. Out of all the things that inflation made move higher last year on the move, cattle really weren't one of them. I mean, we moved higher through the year, but we didn't see that huge money flow get pushed into cattle like we did some of the other commodities. And until we put some of these global economic uncertainties behind us, it's going to be tough to let that thing run too far out of control in the near term. Okay. It seems to me that when I look at a, at a buck eight, buck nine, June and July lean hog futures, it kind of feels like some of the same, same arguments for those summer month hogs. Exactly. I mean, uh, some of those further out months there into the summer, uh, they've already got some pretty good levels poked out there. It's just a matter of deciding, is that a good enough number for your margins for the next year or not? Gotcha. Gotcha. So take kind of a defensive approach in lean hogs as well. But, boy, it, the black swan in there feels like even tighter supplies to me. If there's, if there's something on the supply side, it, it feels like, yeah, we're going to be tightening up supplies, but something could happen that would tighten it up even further. I don't know. Yeah. And up front here, I mean, they're focused on cutout pretty hard here. And with what we're seeing, Feb being pretty volatile right now, it seems like that might be getting cheap enough at this level. Got a pretty normal basis, uh, getting a little bit cheaper here. So it's getting closer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well done, Mike. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thanks for having me. All right, that is Mike Miner, Professional Ag Marketing. Now, we're going to continue to keep tabs on what's going on at the House. We know that uh, McCarthy does not have enough votes in the second round of voting. First time in 100 years we've had to vote a second time. Wow. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal- Happy New Year, everybody. Doggone it. Yeah. It's here. It's upon it us. It's it absolutely is. upon us. Uh, rough Chip, start. Woo. Sorry about that. Well, speaking of rough starts, I know you really wanted to talk some sports just then. I know I know the Chiefs beat the Broncos. That's about all I know. At That's like I'm almost out over my skis sports-wise right now. That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. Well, there is an update on the TV right now that Hamlin, who suffered uh, the – cardiac arrest on the field in the bills game last night heard about that yeah yeah uh remains in critical condition is that uh, right yeah yeah i the the last i heard also was that they were he's he, they are keeping him asleep so that when they do start to give giving some nerves a little mm-hmm. additional time to kind of mend up Sure. Uh, before they start to bring him, uh, before they start to wake him up. Uh, wow. It can last quite some time, yeah. uh, th- this whole process. But, boy, mm. 24 years old and just, yeah. you know, apparently a freak uh, accident that uh, yeah. may have caused this. But, of course, we don't know exactly what has caused this yet. And, and sure. we'll, we'll probably continue to. Uh, get more information as it comes in but it was i mean it was just uh it was scary absolutely mm-hmm. scary to mm-hmm. to watch it as it unfolded yeah. on live tv man yeah it was, it, it, it was it was really something and then of course you know i never ever 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 would have thought that ever. i would I, I would say this but I'm more than a little bit of a San Francisco 49ers fan now. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much so that, you know, it's like uh, if that next game doesn't get on Fox here in the Midwest, I might have to buy the package Well, so that see, I can here's watch the, thing. the end of the, the, the playoffs and everything. The neighbor yeah. on the one side, uh, a guy from California, he's a big Niners fan. Okay. And they were, they were hooting and hollering over there the other day. Yeah. I wondered. I wondered what was going on. That was, uh, that's got to be come, it. Maybe I'll come down and watch a game with your neighbors. You'll find a friend there. I'll tell you what. I might. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. The reason there is Brock Purdy, the uh, the Mister Irrelevant in the 2022 draft, the former mm-hmm. quarterback of the Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, oh, okay. Leading, leading the oh, way. There you there. go. Yeah. yeah. 
Mr. Irrelevant. Not so irrelevant anymore. Mm-hmm. Best start, mm-hmm. best start by a quarterback, I think, since Dan Marino. Maybe that's been updated. Wow. Yeah, I, it's ridiculous. It's 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 crazy. And I know, I know, there are some people that are saying, "Listen, you could you could throw Chip Flory out there to quarterback that team, and they'd probably win." Yeah. yeah. I don't know about that. No. No. Hmm. No. No. I remember that time that uh, Dan Marino and that one uh, was it a porpoise <laughs> got kidnapped, oh. and they had to bring in a special detective <laughs> did, to find him and everything. They made a whole I, documentary out of it, didn't they? I remember that documentary. Yeah. It was some fine yeah. filmmaking. I don't know if it won any awards or not. Weird though, you know. Well, just, you know, Florida yeah. people. You don't. You just yeah, don't know. Right. You just don't right. know with people. What'd you think of Mike? I liked him a lot. Um, yeah. What'd What'd you What'd you think of ninety four million acres to corn? I want well, to talk about this a little bit because I feel like he, I feel like there's a case to be made for an increase in corn acres anyway. Yeah, I think there can be too, even with the, you know, the, the highest ever costs to grow an acre of of corn. Uh, but if you get all the way to ninety four million, that's going to leave your beans around eighty six. I, you know, I'm just working on one hundred and eighty. Yeah. million total between the two um to, well, to me you're not going to build you're not going to build bean stocks at at 86 million plant at 85 five no. harvested, whatever it would be so it's really really difficult to build a bear case on beans now if it's difficult to build a bear case on beans at this point if you're going to be using those numbers what might happen before we get there you start to take some of the acres away from corn and move them over to beans because it's right. hard to build a bear case, which makes it easier to build a bear case, at wow. least for the 23 crop. It So still a very, very fluid situation. And then don't forget the conversation that we had with uh, Kevin Marcus this morning from Marcus Weather Consulting. Mm-hmm. He, he raised some real concerns about planning delays because of uh, cool and wet conditions in the northern midwest the upper midwest which could which could move some acres to soybeans and eventually all the way over to prevent plant is is kind of the scenario that he laid out how how much stock does the rotational grower and this will be yeah how much stock does the rotational grower put in increased crush capacity coming online in 2024? Oh, I think there's definitely an an expectation that the it and like Mike said, it some of the plants have been pushed back a bit, but the expectation is that the investments by refineries are not going away. Mm-hmm. That we will continue to see. Uh, those crush facilities and the and the refining capacity increased um, uh, to to make demand, make new demand for beans going forward. So, oh, awful nice of uh, of our guests to bring up demand could be the black swan for cattle, black swan yeah. for hogs could be on the supply side. Yeah, very. You know, the thing I'm worried about there, the yeah. the reason that I brought that up. Yeah. Is because what if we go through this winter farrowing season mm-hmm. and we have all kinds of issues like we did a year ago with PERS and yeah. it, it, this, and, and see an increased death rate 
in the Farrowing House. Um, right, because right now, right now, even at $108, $109 summer month contracts, it sure feels to me like that's kind of working with the supply that USDA has suggested we would have in the Hogs and Pigs report. Mm. And the actual supply has been running just under what has been indicated in the Hogs and Pigs report. So they're not, they don't have any slippage in there. And I think there's going to be some slippage on the supply side, Uh, but you know, it'll take a little time to figure it out. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. Thanks to Mike for coming on the show tomorrow morning. Ag economist, Jim Mintert. And Farmer Forum with Chad from Illinois, Mike from Iowa, right here on AgriTalk.